Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support, and this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarcharm.com, and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting. Hi, everyone. It's Trisha Carr. Welcome to this mini episode of Charmed Life. And for my second installment in the Metaphysics of the Bible, If you didn't see the first installment of this, essentially I set the groundwork for the intention behind this, and I do recommend that you watch it because uh, you'll understand where where I'm coming from in this, and I'm not coming from from specifically a Christian standpoint, but I'm also not not coming from a Christian standpoint because I have that background, but I'm definitely here for healing, for introspection, and for interest in this sacred text or just this piece of literature that does seem to have a profound effect on the human race at this time. And so with that, let me also tell you that I, the other way that I'll be approaching this is sort of mixing in a lot of different observational experiences, observational sciences and art forms. I may sometimes, I'm not saying I will, but I may sometimes refer to something that is scientific. I may sometimes refer to something that is linguistic and semantic in nature. I will mostly be using metaphysical philosophy. So I see metaphysics as a philosophy, not as even I tried to not use it as a structure, um, a belief system, even though definitely I have a belief system. And I'm just saying I like to try to use metaphysics as a philosophy. So there's exploration potential. And then mysticism. And I see mysticism as an art form. That's what I'm going to be emphasizing is the philosophical standpoint and the artistic standpoint and So the reason I say it is I may, like in this particular one, I'm going to talk about the language, but I'm not going to go so deep into all of the language of it because sometimes when I read those, that can be very interesting. When I read something that is really scientific and really strictly about the etymology of the words and the language, that's great. It can be interesting, but it becomes... um, for me, for the interest as it compared to what I have in, in, as an intention for this, it can become dry and I, I want this to be real juicy, okay? That's what I'm talking about. All right, so this is on Genesis 1, 26 through 28, this particular 
Bible passage from the Torah or the Old Testament as it is referred to from the Christian perspective. And it reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun. Okay, let me get into it. I got to move my microphone because I got excited. I will start with a little bit of the language because I do find language to be fascinating. So let me talk to you about language. Again, I'm not going to get too deep in the, I don't want to get so deep into just the specifics of the etymology and the thing, because here's the thing, we couldn't possibly know. We aren't there right now at the time that this was written or the other time that it was translated or the other time that it was translated and translated and translated to what it meant to those those other groups of people at the time, which is what the language uh, filter only is attempting to do is to like say well that's not what they meant at the time and whatever you can't possibly know that so to be so adherent to it I think is limiting however language all language is truly organic meaning that it is an interpretation of non-physical to physical physical words words are physical and the physical is an interpretation and and an expression of the non-physical. So when I say all language is really and truly organic, that sometimes you can, what I like to do is almost like scry into a word. So you take a word and you do look at its roots and those roots have an energetic imprint of, of all of the different ways that has been contributed to it. So let's take the word authority, which is not in this passage, just as an example. The word authority. Now, in some situations, if you hear, oh, he's the authority on that, you might like think, oh, so he's an expert. In other situations, you'd say, that person is the authority in this organization. They're like, oh, they're the boss. You know what I mean? And so all of those things may be true and great, but what the root, what is going on with the word authority is the word author, meaning they're responsible, that they have to write the... um, the thought about this, they have to be the one who is taking the leadership on it. And in, in that leadership, there is responsibility. They're the ones who are creating the story or leading the story about it. So that's what, for example, that you can, by looking at it and seeing what the organic, how it, how it bubbled up from the subconscious or the spirit out to be using it in the physical world, that's what we can do with the language. And so that's just an overview also of what I might be doing and what I love to do in general as I'm looking at different kinds of text or just the way that we speak. And interestingly, I'm kind of like the tele- to the telepathy person. Everything that I do is really just telepathy, even mediumship connecting with any of the multidimensional expressions of spirit, that's telepathy. Connecting with animals and, and communicating with them is telepathy. Connecting with someone's energy field to help them with their healing or uh, of their mind, body, or emotions, that's telepathy or empathy, tele-empathy and the connection of the energy. And so that's what's kind of interesting because that's what I'm all about, the non-physical, but also the physicalized version of that, which is the interbetween, the interpretation, the physicalization of what's going on with the thought and the, and the feeling. So let's get into it. There are two ways, two different words that are being translated as God. There's the word Yahweh, Elohim, Yahweh and Elohim. So Yahweh, and it's, that's just kind of the bastardized English 
way to interpret how that is pronounced. It's the Hebrew I can't pronounce. Yahweh is actually a proper noun, and it's the personal name of Israel's deity. So that's one of the words that in the English translation, one of the references to the word God, one of them is Yahweh. The other one, the second one, is Elohim. Elohim is a common noun, and it's re used to refer to a, a deity, but it is plural. Elohim is plural, and so that's why the English translation is, and God said, let us make man in our image. Now, I'll also just say here that the word man is not meant to be gender-specific. It is not. It is actually Adam, Adamo. That is the, the name of a race. So it is the overarching species of humankind. And so let's just not care about the fact that maybe from there that it became more uh, masculine or, be, you know, the patriarchy and all that. Let's just, that's not for this right now. We got plenty of that going on in other places. I'm just going to respect the text for what it is. But I will say that the word man is actually the word Adam, which is, then we say, oh, that's the name Adam. But Adam is the race of humans that is being created in the image of the Elohim. So Yahweh is the proper noun. So the word, the, the name Yahweh is speaking of a singular experience. So Yahweh in, in another frame of metaphysical or mystical thought to me would be prime creator, or we tend to use the, the, the name or the word source energy. So it is the prime energy. And then the word Elohim being plural, this is where it gets really interesting. So I'm going to break it down for you. So in here we have the prime creator speaking to itself as a plural. And so this really goes back to essentially the creation of the universe in this. I find this, I find this actual text to be offering more than one perspective, more than one times of creation. And the first one that I'm seeing here is that initial creation. So source energy, if you want to say that, or prime energy, the original prime consciousness, that energy is nothing. <laughs> so, I'm laughing at them. maybe someone hearing that and going like, how dare you say that God is nothing? <laughs> but that energy is the prime energy, it didn't have any, it had all of the consciousness so that it had none of the consciousness. It was such a prime, primordial energy that, or it is because it still exists, that it could not experience. It didn't have experience because it was everything. And when it's everything, then it's nothing in the way that we're talking about etern eternity. And if we're talking about eternity, that means the time is an illusion. It doesn't actually exist because when we'd say there's forever and ever and ever in all directions, then there's no such thing as you know, 25 years because it exists in an abyss of everything. Okay, so with this, um, where did I, I got lost. I started channeling and then they're like, yeah, find your way back. Where am I? Where am I meant to be? Oh, okay, thank you. I got it. So the um, prime creator energy was nothing. And in order to become something, it had to express. It had to become a second thing it had to create in order for creation to be a thing that means that there is nothing and then there is something and this experience of something be of nothing becoming something is actually the experience of love i did a 
class last year called Archangels and Universal Laws, and the book is pending. I'm, I'm, it's coming out soon, and I will republish the class and make it available. And in the very first installment, the first archangel who brought forth a message about a universal law was Archangel Michael and the Universal Law of One. And Michael is the representation as an archangel of the very first experience of creation. You would say the first energy, the first something else that God created or the prime, the source energy expressed. And so Michael in this text, in this um, um, lesson about that was channeled about the law of one, Michael says, you say that God is love when in fact you are love. You are God's love. Not only are you God's love, but you are God's ability to love. That's what creation is, is God's or source energy's ability and action and function of love. So without creation, there was no love because there was everything and there wasn't anything else to love. And so that is what is happening here when we go from a singular to a plural. Source energy said, let us, in order for it to say anything, had to be more than one something, had to be able to have a conversation. And so that is how we see that there is only one energy. We see that the the expression, the when we say God, we are talking about everything inclusive, meaning you, me, everything, because we are all that energy being expressed. And so the Elohim is this very moment of there being nothing and then God actually creating something. And so that's why there is a second. So then we look at that the in the metaphysical and the mystical model, we have source energy seeking to experience itself or experience and to know itself and to have expansion and so created and that is what in metaphysics and mysticism we refer to as the archangelic realm that's just a word it may be other languages and other thought um, collections would would maybe use another word but this is just the word that we use and i love mysticism i think it's beautiful and, and, and mysticism is in both the, the Christian part of the Bible and in the Hebrew part of the Bible. Hebrew mysticism is uh, something that really all of that is based on. And or at least how the, I should say the expression of it, the construction of the thought of it is based on. So the archangelic realm, the archangels were the first creation, period, the first source energy. So going from prime creator Yahweh to let us. That is when the archangels partnered with the original prime creator energy and then had other creations. Now, they did other creations even before we got to the Adam, before we got to the human race. And that would be other kinds of angels, other kinds of light beings. And then when they got down to, and, and then they also created the um, oversouls, all of the other elements. And so this is kind of a shorthand when the archangels then say, let us create Adam, let us create humankind. And they are also creating other planets and other races that may be more or less physicalized than we, maybe less matter. They may be trans-dimensional or trans-physical or, you know what I mean? Like different formations of density. And this is a shorthand because it's referring just to this experience. And then said, and then, you know, created the, uh, the, the, the souls of the earth or the archangelic became uh, the, the beings that would also be the, like Gaia is an archangelic energy and she creates the earth in cooperation with the rest of the universe and, and the prime creator energy. And then eventually we get to this Adam, this human race on planet earth.
And so in this, we see that we all kind of, we come from an archangelic, um, we come from an archangelic lineage. And I know for me personally, for my own introspection, that my archangelic, the my archangel who over, who is like the creator of my oversoul or whatever, who is the head of my spirit team, however you look at it, but my lineage comes from Ariel. Now I'm also connected with other archangels and you can work with whomever that we've named in this landscape that you want and you do because it is one energy co-creating everything and we are multidimensional, omnidimensional, just like any other energy. And so that is what is happening in that first part of the text. But there is another perspective. There is another perspective. But I want to I wanna just button that and say, again, in order for God to exist, in order for an expression to exist, there must be duality. That's why we go from a singular to a dual uh, pronoun in this text right at the beginning. So another perspective that I see in this that could be refer it could be referring to, like I say, two different points of of um, creation or two different perspectives of this experience of creating man, and that is the creation of this current race, which is what this is referring to, the Adam, and that is the hybridization of it, the hybridization of other beings and, and, and entities. So that could be other types of species from other planets and other star systems. Yeah, ETs. And it is hypothesized that there were a few races of ETs and then the Archangelic who created this. So as I said, it could be just God or the prime creator and archangels and they're shorthanding it down to this experience. But I think also if we look at it as a maybe a point on the map of our history, then we have also this creation, this co-creation with probably, oh, I'm not going to name them all, but uh, because some people may find that a bit limiting. But I'll just say that some people hypothesize there were a few, a handful, a particular ET species I'm not going to name it. Okay, I will tell you some that are hypothesized. And it makes a lot of sense as I see it in, um, in, in, in how I deal with nature. So it's hypothesized that it's like the Pleiadians, um, the reptilians. And the reptilians would be that energy of our primal nature that, that would really lend to that. The things being very primitive, the monkey mind, all of that. And then the Pleiadian would be our very ascendant, more ascended nature. And then of course there are um, maybe the Zeta Reticula or the Greys because they're actually proximate to us in our evolutionary process. And then the Angelic or the Archangelic. And there, I mean, maybe the people hypothesize one or two more. Those are just a few. That plus the what they utilized was the material of the existing hominid who had been there um, um, growing and, and uh, naturally. And so that would be, you know, so we had the animals, we had the plants, and then also this original bipedal hominid, which is known as Sasquatch or the Yeti or Bigfoot. And that particular being still exists on the planet. It wasn't like when they hybridized, they actually um, eliminated that hominid. But that hominid, the Sasquatch, I love, I like, I prefer the word Sasquatch. Sasquatch it still exists and Sasquatch continued the evolutionary process from that point. And that that being, that particular kind of being in that species is more natural, not, not as in the Maya or the illusion uh, that this particular race is, this race of humans are. And so the reason that that Sasquatch is seen but not always confirmed and all this is because they actually do know how to go in and out of 
portals of the earth. They know how to manipulate their matter so that they can be essentially transdimensional and move in and out. And they are peaceful and they have no need to be confronted or to confront. And they are very harmonizing. They can, they are so special that they can actually be, you can have telepathic communication with them and they can be sort of a mentor or a spiritual mentor. Maybe you say spiritual guide if you want to say, but kind of like a mentor to you to help you to be aligned and more natural. Natural is is equ equivalent to spiritual because spirit and nature are both aligned to unity and aligned to one, aligned to ecology. And so that is another perspective that I find very interesting. And I'll tell you this, that before I was privy to how other people had this experience and before I was even opened up to understanding metaphysically what, what the implication of other planetary beings were, you know, before it was a part of my spiritual metaphysical study and practice, I was asking spirit why Humans are so different from animals in that we are so much more in the illusion. We are not as ecological. We are not as unified in our, you know, it's, it's more difficult. We forget our truth, our, our spiritual truth. Why is it so much like that? Why is it so different than all of the other animal species on this planet? And spirit told me, because you are a hybridized animal race and so i was told that before i heard it from anyone else i i, I downloaded it I, I channeled it whatever and then i actually remember going to my teacher at the time and asking her about that and she's like i don't know what you're talking about because she wasn't a part of her practice or study and she's like yeah i mean maybe that sounds interesting but you know she wasn't in on that which now many of you who uh watch my channel or listen to my podcast have heard people on there talking about star seeds and i talk about it as well so maybe you, you, you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. But I totally get that. But I'm talking about before I was privy to this concept, I received the information as well. And that's why. Um, so I find that really interesting. Now, that's what I, overall, there, we could go hours and hours on this. But I just wanted to address those two parts there about the two names of God, the, the, the creation process. And then the second part of this is talking about let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the blah, blah, blah. And this was a part of my question to, to spirit. Like I could see that the reason we have dominion over is because we are capable of abandoning the one energy. It, it, it creates suffering and pain for us, but we are capable of basically shitting where we eat. We are capable of destroying our planet, becoming so um, disillusioned and becoming and being so in the illusion that we're disillusioned and forgetting that if we harm another, we harm ourselves. And I don't mean, you know, it is natural to receive energy. So uh, when a cheetah kills a gazelle. I mean, technically, there's a, a perspective of, oh, well, he's hurting that animal in order to end its life to receive that energy. But that's the same, it's the same thing happens with any vegetable, too, honestly, is that we are harvesting it and we are taking and we are ceasing its life to be created in that way. And it becomes a create, it becomes a part of your energy and creates life in a different way. You're also removing it from soil where microorganisms were symbiotically experiencing life with it. And so some of those may die on and on, you know, so I'm not, this isn't about diet, but I just want to point that out that for the most part, nature 
receives the energetic exchange without judgment and without with with a kind of balance. If there's imbalance, it's probably because maybe there are some humans who have created an imbalance, whether it's um, in a micro sense that there's been some kind of crowding or something that is come out of balance or a macro sense with climate change and whatever else we're doing on this planet that can create imbalances and so then nature will have to correct it but it still corrects it without judgment it's just being a part because it is and I say nature I mean the energy of nature and all of the components of it is connected to the one energy and so how could there be judgment in the way that there couldn't be creation unless there is duality there can't be judgment unless you are working in the energy of duality and so when we're talking about the baseline energy and alignment of will purpose thought feeling to the unified energy then everything is ecological and everything is done with the one energy and concern even though we are playing at the roles of two different expressions of the one energy energy so that was my question was how come we are able to do that how come we are able to make that word dominion mean that we can do whatever we want and not give a crap you know because that is the the interpretation that I have heard that I heard growing up in the church was that that meant we could not give any crap at all and we can you know let's say for example hunt just to have trophies and and not really make any use of it, not for it to not be an energetic exchange by beyond anything else but something that's superficial doesn't matter you know, we can do whatever we want because we have dominion. They would actually use this Bible verse to be irresponsible. It's definitely a kind of spiritual bypassing. And the fact that we could even do that and make that interpretation is because that we do have some almost immaturity, you could say, some ways that we are committing to the illusion so much so that we need to remember it and we don't have as much of an easy recall to it and we have to re member it meaning bring it back to ourselves in a deeper way but that's a journey of expansion to forget and then remember is is expansion there's great lessons learned in that journey so the word dominion here now this can mean that yes they have they rule over but if that example I gave in the very beginning of authority and that the authority is the author, is the one who is the leader and the responsible one for creating the story, the word dominion means steward. And when you are a steward of something, you are responsible for it. You are communing with it. The word dominion is referring to communion. And in a community where there is one, there is a, an organization, maybe it's, it, now here's the thing I will say is I don't believe it is a hierarchy as in this one is more important than this one and this one. And this one is, this one has to do what this one says without question and with, uh, to the, uh, betrayal of their own needs and to their own sovereignty rather I see it as an organization and we do need organization in the created experience and so if one has dominion meaning this is my domain that means that they are responsible for it and that means that they must actually work with the other they must be good stewards of it they must work with them they must be caretakers they must be caretakers rather than ones that stomp around on it it doesn't mean that we're more important it means that we're more of the servant. We are more here to serve them and to learn from them and to take care of them. And here's the thing, because we are capable of forgetting that that's what we're here to do. And that's what makes us able to disconnect from it. And then we have to be more responsible. 
We have to we have to bring in our deeper levels of responsibility, our ability to respond because we're the ones who can be more disconnected. And so that's what I see dominion to mean. It means responsibility. It means stewardship. It means communion. It means to be a part of, it means to cohabitate. And because of our proclivities that we have an even more, a deeper call to understand what responsibility really means. So I guess it makes a lot of sense that it has been misinterpreted because that is the contrast of the journey to actually understand that it's about our ability to respond. In order to have dominion, we have to be good stewards. We have to be caretakers. And they, meaning nature, animals, all of the more natural components that are the non-human animals, they are connected to the natural experience, the organic experience, the ecological experience, the spiritual experience. And so they are there in a spiritual sense to have dominion over us. We may have dominion over them in the physical sense because we are here in the illusion and committing to it more. And so that's the part of the journey that we're heading up. But they are heading up the remembrance of unconditional love and one energy and the law of one. And so that's what they're here to do for us. That's what nature and, and animals are showing us is the as above, so below. They're showing us the aspect of physical experience being an expression of spiritual experience. Well, with that, I'm going to leave it here. I know, again, there are so many layers that we could go into with that, but I want to keep moving through different verses. If you have questions, comments, please do make it in the YouTube video comment section below. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, then you may have to go over to YouTube if you want to contribute a question or ask something about it. But you can certainly, you know, leave a review and mention it there and I'll, I should be able to see it. But I would love it if you want to uh, like, subscribe, share, comment, review, and um, also check out my offerings on my website, trishacarcharm.com. I am a certified master hypnotist. I do therapeutic, intuitive coaching, utilizing energy healing, um, intuitive reading, mediumship, and um, also the hypnotherapy. And I have a specific coaching program for that. It is, I have a very limited roster because it is a, a, a really involved experience and uh, but it's wonderful. So go check it out on my website, trishacarcharm.com. Go to work with me and you'll see coaching in there. And of course, I have all of my classes, my Mystic Arts Academy. And I am excited to start the new episode. The next episode of this will be coming up. I think it's going to be coming up tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm spacing these out just yet. But stay tuned and you'll be getting a few episodes every week, mini episodes between the main spotlight episodes that are dropped on Sundays, live streamed at 12 noon at this time, 12 noon Pacific and with my expert guests and that's what I have for you today guys and I love you I thank you so much for being here on this channel and let's go and continue to make in our own image as we are the image of God and the one energy thanks for tuning in I love you whoever you are mm -hmm.